Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode number 96. This is your host, Suman Silwal. I think the most important thing, which I found through trial and error, is uh, don't compare because ultra running is truly a personal journey. This episode is brought to you by SoutheasternTrailRuns.com. Visit Emirates.com to get 5% discount on all Southeastern Trail Run races, including Lake Martin Blood Rock events. I'd like to welcome Christy Johnson from Destin, Florida. To Emron's podcast. Christy, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, it's been so long. I've been trying to get you to Emron's podcast. Our <laughs> schedule has been not working well. So today, finally, March 1st, uh, here, here we are uh, talking. So uh, how's the weather down in uh, Dustin? Oh, it's beautiful. It's uh, very humid today. It's like 88% humidity already. And I ran on the beach earlier and I think it was like 75 degrees and I got off the beach and was completely soaked. So um, we're definitely in spring, maybe early summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, in the Florida, that panhandle area mm-hmm. gets hot pretty quickly. Yeah, in the Birmingham area, I think we st- we're still cold raining, but beautiful, beautiful spring weather's up ahead. So, mm-hmm. so uh, let's uh, let's uh, talk. Uh, let's move on to some of the things I want to talk about uh, this podcast uh, since I've been trying to get you for a while and. Uh, and uh, discuss uh, some of the things, and uh, there's a lot of things going on in your life. Uh, uh, one of the one of the biggest things, just want to put it out there that you you are you're going back to bad water. So that's correct. So that's so correct. so the, it, this is uh, this is going to be the second time you're going to bad bad water, correct? That's correct. Yes. So I ran in 2016. 2016. Wow. Did mm-hmm. you did you get enough the first time or you wanted to be more hot? for? <laughs> uh, I did get in the first time. I had um, um, decided I wanted to run that race three years prior and then basically looked at all the races I would need to do to qualify and some of the other things I would need to do like crew Badwater itself. And so I, I kind of lined up my years that way so I could hopefully be accepted by 2016 and I was very fortunate to get in that year definitely and then now you're going back um, so we, we can talk about this a little bit more in detail but I just kind of want to get get your vibe on and what what makes you go one wanted to go back again and the bad water oh wow so many things um, you know um, of course it's you know considered the world's toughest foot race and um, I think the thing that draws me to it is um, the location. Uh, I love Death Valley. There's just something truly spiritual about it to me. And um, if you've ever been there, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, it just draws you in. And it's incredibly peaceful, but it's also kind of a hostile environment. So you really have to humble yourself and just be accepting of what the environment gives you and, um, you know, get through it. And I think... Um, I, I just love that environment. Also, I love the Badwater family. Chris Cosman does an excellent job with this race. And, um, you know, it is truly like a family. And when you go there, you know, it's like seeing old friends and it's a reunion. And I think that's one of the things that draws me back as well. Definitely. That's a community uh, for a running, running community, racing community. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Before we go uh, too deep in this conversation about bad water and running distance races, Christy, uh, give us a background in your running, uh, running journey. Uh, were you a lifetime runner? And also talk about your ultra running. I think you do a lot of ultra races. Give us kind of mm-hmm. a brief background. 
Okay. Well, I did run track in high school uh, and I wasn't very serious. I was just there kind of because my friends were and I was a sprinter. And so I never did long distance and I, I didn't want to do long distance. And after high school, I did, I stopped running. And in my late thirties, um, my friends, I was living in Tampa at the time and my friends talked me into doing the Gasparilla 5k and um, I suffered through that with actually no training and it was terrible and I thought it was the worst thing in the world and I actually went back the next year and did it again and slowly started to enjoy it and then after I had my son at age 40 I um, wanted to get more active after that just basically to get back in shape and um, at the time my friend Stephanie Trella who I worked with at the VA in in Tampa was running a marathon and I thought wow I think I can do that I'm gonna train for that and so I bought a jogging stroller and my son and I trained every day and I ran my first marathon in Pensacola in 2011 and it was terrible I, I think I finished in five hours and something and it was it was the most painful thing ever but I went back uh, bettered my time. And then um, I heard about a beach ultra, uh, which is very near me. And I live very close to the beach. And I heard that there was a 50k um, on the beach. And someone said, well, it's only five more miles, you can do that. And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll train for it because I live here. And I and I started training on the beach. And I thought, how does anybody run one mile on the beach? It's, it's so <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it is. And, but you know, I lived close to the beach. So I had no excuse not to go there every day and train. So I went to the beach every day and I built up from one mile and I think my long run prior to that first race was 20 miles and I thought well you know I'm going to give it a go and see what happens and and I ended up having a really good race I had a great time I truly enjoyed every moment of that race and the people and you and um and after that I was just hooked and I remember I went on ultra sign up the week after which I know you're not supposed to do and <laughs> I was searching for a 50 miler I have to do a 50 miler I have to do a 50 miler and uh called up David Tosh up in Birmingham and I said hey I see you've got this Lake Martin do you have room and he said oh yeah plenty of room come on up and I did not even look at the elevation chart because I thought well it's Alabama it's yeah. not going to be that hilly yeah. <laughs> and David said oh this is a great starter race for you it's a good first 50 mile <laughs> and I went up there and I actually had a great time but uh that race you know nearly ended my what would have been an ultra running career because uh, I almost quit at mile 32 and uh, I was like this is crazy I I don't know what I have done but I have stepped way outside my ability here I cannot climb these hills and um and the people at the aid stations were so incredible and you know talked to me and were they were like look you're over halfway done you can get these last few miles and had it not been for them I probably would not have finished but um I kept going back to that aid station after that last five mile loop and um finished that race and I was like oh my goodness I have discovered a new world you know this is great and uh, even though it nearly broke me, you know how it is, it's, it's the beauty Definitely. of digging deep and, and getting it out of yourself and finishing. And, and I still go back to that race as the pinnacle of, you know, what led me into this, um, you know, the love of ultra running. Definitely. Uh, before we move forward on this Lake Martin, my heart is in the Lake Martin right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm about to run my fifth 100 miler. Oh, my goodness. I've been running 100 mile in Lake Martin every, ever since uh, we started. I will be the fifth. This will be the fifth time in the fifth year. But definitely, like what wow. you said, uh, that 32, 35 mile coming back to the Heavenly Hill. I forget how the course was. I did preview run. I didn't get to run that year. 
but mm-hmm. um, but but that A station, those people are still there. Our butts folks are still there. And every time I get that problem, like like, <laughs> like you were having, I want to quit. And several years, they would not let me quit. That was it was like <laughs> it was sounded like a common theme. That's why I wanted to stop. <laughs> oh, they're the best at Heaven Hill. Yeah, they they are definitely the best. Yeah. Anyway, so let's just keep it moving forward. Well, after that, I, I like I said, was hooked. And um, so I got online again looking for my first hundred. And um, just prior to running um, this race, I had met my very good friend, Rhea Loney, who lives in Louisiana. She had run her first hundred miler. And I connected with her and I said, hey, I want to meet you. I want to get together. Let's have coffee. I want to learn all about how your race went. And so she was kind of, you know, we were chatting and going back and forth. And I, I found a race in Tampa which is where I lived um, prior to coming to Destin. And I had quite a few friends down there and they were all on board to crew. And it just seemed like a good location, a good race. It, um, it's the long haul race and it's runs through a state preserve. It's trail. Uh, it's a beautiful course and it's a uh, 20 mile loops. And um, the way it's set up, it's kind of like a figure eight. So you have your crew kind of right in the middle and you have frequent access. And so we made a plan and, and um, I think I ran a, I ran a a nine hour race in Louisiana in New Orleans that summer um, and actually was first female at that, which I was quite surprised. And um, then I ran a 50K in the fall and then I had my first hundred miler um, that early that next year. And I had a really great race. I mean, I don't I don't know if I've ever had such a good (laughs) hundred mile race since then, because that was the like an ideal race. I mean, everything you know, fell into place. I felt good the entire time. The temperature actually dropped quite low. It was around 27 degrees at night. And uh, I think that's the coldest year they've ever had that race. And um, so people were dropping left and right. But fortunately, I was able to keep running and I, I felt pretty good. So I didn't get too cold because I was able to run. And I finished that race in like 22 hours, almost 23 hours. And um, wow, that's pretty, and pretty fast time. I was I was just very, very lucky because, you know, I didn't have any stomach issues. I, I felt good. And of course, I had a great crew that, you know, had everything ready for me, kept me moving. And um, and I knew I will back up and say in 2013, I saw a documentary on Badwater. I was about to run my first 50K and. I was like, oh, I totally want to do this race one day. And my husband's looking at the video going, what? This is in Death Valley and 135 miles and you just ran a marathon. And I was like, no, I, I'm going to do this race one day. And um, so I sat down and started researching the race. And that's kind of how I built the races, you know, that I started doing. And so I knew I had to start somewhere and I started with long haul. And then after that, I started, you know, adding other races that would help me qualify and also help me train for that race. So definitely um, looks like uh, you have taken taken on ultra journey more and more. Do you go to the less like a lesser distance uh, marathon? Do you do that or you have you staying staying with ultra ultra races? Oh, definitely ultras. Um, I didn't care for marathons. I, I've done the Pensacola Marathon three times, which is actually a wonderful race and well organized. But I just, um, you know, I feel like um, I, I like the longer distances, 50, 100K, uh, 100 mile. I, I just like the longer distances and I think it's for me, it's not so much about um, placing or, you know, having a fast time. It's about what I'm getting out of that journey. And uh, each hundred miler, I've gotten something so unique out of that has really applied into my life and helped helping me make decisions in life and um, going through difficult times. And, you know, ultras are great. It's the same thing as life, really. I mean, you know, um, you have ups, you have downs and it's like a roller coaster and you just have to, you know, get through and keep pushing forward. Definitely. Uh, I go through that all the time. 
running ultra, running 100, especially there's so much uh, drop off time, drop off points you get, it's so low. And usually my line for all the friends they're listening is uh, I usually say ride the high and stay in the low, don't give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so easy to give up because so many things happen. So talking about the distance running, um, ultra distance running, do you prefer more trail type ultra or a road? Because I see you do a lot of road, uh, beach, uh, you know, road type ultra as well. So tell us about what, what are your preference in, in that? Well, my personal preference is beach. I love to run on the beach and um, I love it because it's constantly varying. And I live here and train here. So, you know, it's a little different for me because I'm used to running on it. But um, I like that, you know, every mile is really different. You know, you, you get high tide, low tide, soft sand, packed sand, uh, soggy sand. And so, you know, you have different challenges. And I, I really like that. Plus, I love the beauty of the ocean and seeing, you know, the sunrise, the sunset there. You know, I do run pavement to train for Badwater because Badwater is the race I always wanted to do. And I love that race. But I do prefer running the beach. Um, if I can't get to the beach, I'll drive to the trailhead and run on trails. But that's my preference. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I do run on the beach whenever I come down to, to the golf or when, whenever I get a chance. Uh, but, but definitely those, those waves and waters, you know, <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's difficult. <laughs> the sand is all over your, your shoes and you hardly could run and uh, things like that happens to me. One day I just took off my shoes and started running. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's uh, great. That's great. Hey, you should come down next February. The registration just opened for the Destin Beach Ultra. So yeah, next February. I have, I have been asked to run that several times. So we'll have to look into that. So it's falls in the same weekend as Mercedes Marathon weekend. So they usually. Oh, that's right. Usually that's. That's uh, right. I have to pick and choose and stay with the pick local. Pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know how that is. <laughs> yeah. Talk about uh, let's go a little bit uh, deeper on uh, running distance running um, you ran by bad water um, and then you you run a lot of 100 100 miler and and um, tell us about why why ultra for you uh, you started late in your life too like you said um, I don't know whether it's late or early personally I say mm-hmm. it's early in our life because <laughs> we haven't even primed yet um, that's what I say <laughs> but <laughs> because uh, I, I started running late in my life, I was not even a runner. Mm-hmm. So so all running ultra has not been, uh, I think Lake Martin will be my fifth year. So so a hundred miler hasn't wow. been too long for me. So out of 10 years of running, I've you know, I've been running, this is my fifth year of what do you call running a hundred miler. So, so let's talk about a little bit, uh, uh, tell us about why ultra, uh, why do, why do we, why do we pick ultra? Let's just uh, look at your perspective, you know. So you have family, you have a, you have a life, and you, and everything else. And we, why, why do ultra? Well, I think um, for me personally, uh, it's a couple of different things. I grew up on a dairy farm in Mississippi. My family ran this large dairy, and my brothers and I, my cousins, we all worked there. That was our job growing up. And so when we had free time, we would run through the woods and play. And um, I, it kind of takes me back to that. We were always, always in the woods. I just remember always being in the woods. And um, I really enjoy that kind of freedom of, you know, being out for a long period of time on my own and um, pushing myself. I think also because, um, you know, in our society today, life has become about comfort. And, um, you know, there's tons of convenience things to make life easier. And I, I think, you know, struggle is good and it builds character, it builds who we are, who, who we're meant to be. You know, we all have so much potential. And for me personally, I think, you know, going through that struggle, it, it just builds layers of, you know, strength. And, um, 
I think that's important for life because if, if you go through life, you know, comfortable, you don't ever, you know, see what you can be. And um, I have a good friend in town um, and she wanted to run the Destin Ultra last year and I wasn't running. And she said, can you help me train? And I said, oh, sure. And I said, but here's what you have to do. You have to go to the beach in the middle of the night in the worst, the absolute worst weather. And that's when you have to run. You have to get used and used to running in bad weather uh, worst, the bad, the worst conditions, um, when no one else is out, because that's, what's going to build your strength and, um, you know, get you prepared for that. And she did that. She didn't complain. She came out with me. She ran at night. She ran, you know, uh, in, in terrible weather. We were out there one night and the wind chill was like 17 and we had 30 mile per hour winds, but she came out there at midnight and, um, and then she ran the race and did very well. Um, and I think she was, she got 102 miles and was second place. And I paced her the last 20 and it was really awesome to see that. But I think that's what draws me to ultras is, you know, that, that struggle. You know, I think it's just important. Yeah, something, you know. uh, something you, uh, you kind of make me think, um, one of the thing, uh, I think ultra is, uh, and uh, think uh, mental beyond the physical ability, you know, uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's called probably the mental mental toughness. Uh, running uh, late at night, early morning, <laughs> we, I can have a million excuses. Okay, <laughs> I do that myself. <laughs> And um, I, I tried to, and lately I've been trying to live my life, no excuse life, but it's still, you know, we find excuse not to do it. Yeah, and, yes, uh, that's right. And um, because, you know, and then the race comes in and it's, it's almost happening to me right now. Uh, I'm almost running the uh, fifth lake morning and, and uh, being very truthful that I have not been able to train as much as I like to. I cannot show up in a race without train. Uh, and uh, that's uh, that's kind of mm -hmm. that's kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, um, talk about that the mental toughness. Let's let's dig deep a little bit on there, too. So what kind of mental toughness do we think um, to running an ultra, especially for you now? I mean, you know, you have gone through one one round of bad water. Now I've got to go second round of bad water. Uh so what, what, what kind of mental toughness are you preparing to go back? Because you know how painful and how difficult it was. Right, right. <laughs> At the moment, I, you know, yeah. looking back right now, it's like a beautiful while. You can, you can say anything you want, but we, you know, there's going to be a hundred some thousand degree temperature, melting temperature, you know, and then you got to get ready. Tell us about how do you prepare trying to get back to that mode? Well, mentally, um, well, physically, I do all the, you know, things you're supposed to do, run in the heat in the middle of the day, go to the sauna. Um, you know, I put on layers. My neighbors think I'm crazy because I'll be out in a fleece jacket with a, you know, beanie on and pants and it's 90 degrees outside. And, <laughs> uh, but they all know I'm training for this race, so they get it. But that's kind of what you do. And I think mentally for me, what I do is um, I run alone. I, I enjoy that. But I also feel it makes me push harder when I'm alone. Um, I I feel better when I'm by myself about pushing further. And um, so what I will do is I'll say I'm going to go out and I'm going to do 20 miles on the beach today. And um, and then I'll add like five, seven miles at the very end. And it's kind of this mental game I play where I go 10 out, 10 back and I'm coming back and I'm like a mile out. And I'm like, oh, I'm a mile out. No, no, not a mile out. You're going to do five that way and five back or something like that where I'm adding my mileage. And it's kind of this mental game I play where, you know, I can get all excited about finishing. And then I'm like, no, you know, 
this run really sucks. And that's when you add extra mileage. (laughs) And mentally, I think that builds, it just, you know, builds that mental strength. And, um, you know, I try, you know, I I follow David Goggins a lot also, and he's, he's someone I greatly admire. And, you know, he says, do one thing every day you hate. And, you know, I really hate yoga. Yoga is just so hard for me, but I've started going, it's really helped me a lot too, but it's something that I only did really for the heat because it's a hot yoga class, but also for the mental training because I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. And, and it's something that I make myself do. And I think, you know, things like that help. Um, also, you know, some, I'm, I just have a crazy schedule. You know, I'm fortunate. I have a supportive husband, you know, at night, everyone's in bed I'm having tea or something. I'll say, okay, I'm going to go to the beach and run, you know, I'm all comfy. I'm ready to go to bed. That's when I put the shoes on and I live about a mile from the beach. So I can just run to the beach or hop in the car and drive to the beach. And, and I'll go to the beach and run a you know, mile out and back for about 10 miles and go back to bed. And um, I, I, I just do things like that. When I feel myself getting pretty comfortable, I'll say, oh, I need to go do something. I need to go swing kettlebells for five minutes or something like that to kind of mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, that's really interesting uh, to listen to uh, some of the different different perspectives, especially do the do do when when you feel so comfortable, just do something something different and just mm-hmm. uh, make make it more uncomfortable. I I I, I got it. That's uh, that's how ultra training is because uh, running uh, running hundred mile, you know, in probably the first ten, fifteen, thirty miles are comfortable. Beyond mm-hmm. that, it's it's regardless of whatever the people say, it's not comfortable. It's you know? not. <laughs> <laughs> I call it the hurt locker. Hey. I'm in it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, lately I've been doing a video of myself as I'm as I'm going down on my uh, comfort and then uh, going down and uh, I mean I have videos out there so people can watch it because it's not it's not fancy. That's I think that's mm-hmm. what I say. You know, but but that's that's why we are out there, I guess. So let's talk about the physical ability here as well. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, the things that you do. Does it make a difference between uh, being a male or female? I mean, uh, or older or younger, or does it does it make a difference? I mean, I'm I'm sure there's there's a there's some limitation, but but uh, but as we train, does it do we get prepared? Uh, train like they say, train harder and better. Do we get any anybody and everybody can can run a distance race? I think that's the point I was I'm mm-hmm. trying to ask. Uh, tell us about your perspective on that one because you do you do so much things. And then, and, you know, especially training that we just heard what you do. So tell us mm-hmm. about, you know, if anybody applies what you do, let's suppose, do you think they will be able to re- do things, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think anyone could do it. I, I, I really do. I think it's largely mental, you know, and I think if you're willing to put in the work, you'll, you can do it. And I'm not anything special. I actually have very poor mechanics and I've had more than one physical therapist, you know, tell me that. Now, my current physical therapist didn't say that, but the last few did. And um, they actually said, you know, you really shouldn't be in long distance running. And I said, OK, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was uh, I started strength training because I knew, um, you know, I had some um, weakness on one side. And so. So um, after my first marathon, I, I started strength training religiously, and I, I do that every week. And uh, I think that's what allows me to run long distances. Now, had I not done that, I probably would not be able to do that. But that's just me personally. That's a deficit I have. And I have to kind of pull that up to par with the rest of me so I can do this. And I think if people look at themselves and say, oh, but I can't do it because of this. Well, you know, see what you can do to 
fix that or, or, you know, make that side stronger or make this stronger. And, um, but I really think long distance anyone can do if, um, they're willing to put in the work and, um, be dedicated to it. Uh, when I'm training for bad water, I, I had a couple of hundred mile weeks, which I don't do that routinely. Now I know some of the elite people do, but I don't because I strength train a lot and those nearly killed me. It was very, very difficult, uh, to keep going back out and getting that mileage. But, you know, you have to be you know, dedicated to that. And I think if you are and you're willing to put the work in and when, you know, it's raining and lightning out and you're like, oh, I can't go out and run in the rain. If you're willing to go out and do it anyway, I think you can. Now, my husband and I have this ongoing argument about lightning because I do like to run on the beach in lightning. And he's like, look, I'm really sick of you running on the beach in lightning because you're going to get killed. <laughs> and so I have promised him that I will not do that. I think the last time I did that was a few months ago. And I said, okay, I'm done with that. I, I won't run in, on the beach in lightning anymore. But um, I think, you know, if you're willing to just do what it's required and, um, you know, I think anyone can do this, male, female, whoever. Definitely. Uh, that's uh, that's one thing I mentioned. The only thing I run away from people once they start uh, pointing me towards their ankle or knees and it hurts and that's the reason I don't run. So they said, okay, that's fine. I, I'm, I cannot change that. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I have no solution, especially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a knee problem. And everyone has to, you know, find their own path. Like what works for me is not going to work for another person. And, and I'm a little, you know, I do things that drive my physical therapist crazy. And she's like, why are you doing that? That's making it worse. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I just thought it would help or, you know, I mean, so I'm definitely not the authority on that because some of the things I do, I would not recommend <laughs> everyone do because I do a lot of trial and error, you know, kind of stuff. Like, oh, let's see if this works. Let's see if this works. You know, that's uh, that's one one point uh, that you bring uh, definitely. Um, I recently I, I wrote about it. Uh, I'm, I'm a trial and error ex experiment of my own, you know, <laughs> because uh, I I I'm not perfect and I don't know how what works and what doesn't. And I know what what if it doesn't work, I try. I'm willing to pull it out. So so definitely. Um, talk yeah. about that uh, running racing. Um, recently you did. Uh, Levy run. Um, t tell us how that's a little different from from uh, from what you do. It's so open area and cold weather uh, versus mm -hmm. the, the, the hot <laughs> hot uh, that you're about to do or you did. Tell us about those those kind of runs. Uh, give us some some perspective, your own perspective on that. Well, the Great Mississippi Levy Run is a classic Louisiana run. It's it's um, run on the Mississippi River Levee from Baton Rouge to New Orleans, which is 130 miles. Um, and you're completely exposed. There's no shade. Um, it's built up really high. And of course, you know, keep the water away in case of flooding. And um, so um, I was invited to come do that race because it is invitation only. And I, I submitted my application. And so we started on a Friday afternoon around noon and, um, it was beautiful that day. It was sunny. I think it was like, I don't know, 70, 60, 70 degrees. It was very nice. And, um, so after we got started, it was great. And then in the night, wow, we had all kinds of things happen. We had dogs chasing us, coming after us. Fortunately, uh, Rhea and I were running together and we each had maize. And um, so, you know, we, we were very close. We thought we would have to use it, but fortunately we outran them or they just decided we weren't worth it and turned around and went back. Um, and then we went through some, I don't know, like three mile section where it was just this, this chemical smog um, 
where the plants are, you know, the chemical plants on the river. And we later learned that it was they were burning sugarcane. So that's what we were breathing. (laughs) And that was um, pretty interesting. Uh, And also the temperature got pretty low that night. It was around 33, I think. And then there was quite a bit of winds and you're high up on the levee. So I'm sure the wind chill was in the 20s. So um, it was quite cold that night. And um, then the next day, it was beautiful again. It got really warm that day. I think it got in, up close to 80 that next day. Looks like there's extreme weather that you went Extreme, through. yeah. One extreme to the other. And so <laughs> now you're worried about, okay, I need ice. I'm trying to stay cool. And the sun's blasting on you because there's no... It's it's really, you know, great training for bad water because, you know, it's all pavement. Well, not all pavement. There's, uh, I think, the 20-mile section outside Baton Rouge is pavement and a 20-mile section inside New Orleans is. But the, most of it's gravel. So, um, and I never... Ever get blisters? I'm I'm so lucky. I, I just have never really had blisters. But that run, I wore the wrong shoes. I wore some shoes that had a little bit of space in the toe box, and so since we were on gravel, it kept my toes kept bumping into the end, and I had the worst blisters I've ever had in my life. It was it was terrible. Um, but it was it was a great run with some wonderful people. The Louisiana Ultra Runners are such a great group of people, and they came out to support us and you know help us out, and um, and it was wonderful seeing just the beauty of Louisiana. Louisiana is so beautiful, and being right on the river and watching the sunset and rise, it, it's it's a great race. But I probably won't go back to the levee for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear about levee run a lot. Uh, I was I was right at the levee at, at uh, Baton Rouge uh, not a month ago or a month or so ago. So, so hopefully, oh, okay. yeah, I was I had no plan to run that, but I was running the marathon. So, so talking about that, uh, let's uh, tell us about uh, what kind of uh, uh, for you. Um, we we discussed a lot about training. Uh, Let's focus on a little bit more uh, for your ultra distance races, especially um, bad water type. I think you talked a little bit. Uh, let's can you give us a little more detail on what kind of training you put in for those kind of races um, that you do? Training wise, well, um, I like I said, I do strength training. I, I um, do a lot of kettlebells, um, and so I focus on that. Just kind of keeping the you know hips, the glutes, the hamstrings strong. So I do a lot of squats, things like that. I do that three times a week, um, and then you know training going into that, I, I might average between you know 70, 80 miles, and then I have a few hundred mile weeks. I think I actually had a hundred and ten mile week or hundred and twenty was it? I think leading up to Badwater, and that's just because I had a plan. And I didn't plan to go that high. But what would happen is it would be like one of those nights where I'm like, oh, I feel like I got to go run. I got to get out. I need to get two extra miles or, you know, just get a get a run in before bed. And I ended up adding up extra mileage. Um, And then, you know, I try to do all my runs in the middle of the day. And so like um, leading up to Badwater, I would do like kettlebells at 5 a.m. And then I would uh, go to hot yoga at like nine or 10. And then I would do a 10 mile run outside after that in the heat. So, you know, I'm really focusing more on just staying, getting and staying acclimated to the heat. Um, and on the days I didn't do hot yoga, I would, um, you know, do a long run. Then I would go to the gym and get in the sauna for like an hour. Um, just so I'm maintaining that, um, you know, and I felt really good with the heat and bad water. I actually personally (laughs) felt, the heat at Keys was much worse for me because the humidity was so high at Keys. I mean, the year I ran, they had 100% humidity and it was 100 degrees. And um, I, I mean, it it crippled me. And I, I almost didn't finish that race. I was so close to a DNF. And, um, you know, I, I was vomiting and I, I went out way too fast and the heat just dialed me in and said, nope, you're, you're not going that fast. And, um, 
And then I, I had to kind of death march like 15, 20 miles. It was it was brutal. But I came alive around 85 and then I was able to run the last 15 or so miles. But when I showed up at Badwater, I was so I had it in my mind, oh, I've got to prepare for the heat. I got to prepare for the heat. Even though I had been there the year prior as a crew member, I, I kind of knew what to expect. I still had this like worry that I've got to be acclimated to this heat. And and then, you know, it, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Now, I did have an issue at Badwater, which was because I deviated from my plan. Uh, the first major climb is Town Pass around um, mile 58. And uh, when we got to the top of Town Pass, I knew what was coming. I knew it was a nice, long nine mile downhill into Panamint Valley. And I told my pacer, I said, hey, let's just bomb this downhill. We are going to run. And um, he was carrying a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the whole time. <laughs> He's like, you got to eat the sandwich. You got to eat the sandwich. I'm like, no, let's keep running. We're going to get down here. And and then I, I totally like forgot or just ignored the fact that Panamint Valley is the hottest part of the race. That's wow. where I was coming into. And mm. so my crew kept stopping me and saying, you got to eat, you got to eat. And I'm like, okay. So I would grab chips and water, but I wasn't really eating any good calories. Um, and so basically I got to into the valley and I bonked and uh, I had already sent my crew because we were only two miles from the next checkpoint at Panamint Springs. And I said, you guys go ahead. We'll be there shortly. And I had sent them ahead. And so my pacer and I are here in the, in the Panamint Valley. It's 126, 27 degrees. And I'm completely you know, done. I can barely move. <laughs> and fortunately, there were you know other crews out there who, you know, gave me food and gave me water. But by then, the damage had been done. And I suffered for about eight hours after that and finally got me moving again. But yeah, I, I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the part of uh, ultra running where, where uh, we, uh, we're so good and for so many hours and suddenly something hits us? And uh, it has happened to me several times, especially if um, being sleepy some of the races I was yeah. so sleepy I was just running just fine next thing I know I'm, I want to sleep just lie down there <laughs> <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah. I knew. And I even had this on my radar. Uh, you know, I need to take this downhill, be smart about it. I even had that. But when I got to the top, I just totally, a classic rookie mistake. I, you know, I, I shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. But I guess we don't get that on the training. So this is, this That's is a right. race experience. That's, a, <laughs> so the, That's right. So those are listening as never run a ultra, ultra, ultra distance races. That's, this is called a race experience. You have to get that during the race. Right. Uh, you know, and you know, you learn from that. You know, that's you that's do. Where, yeah, yeah. Okay. Keith was absolutely critical for me for Badwater because um, it was such a bad race for me. But I learned so much about my nutrition because the nutrition I used at Keys I realized would not work at Badwater because what I was using just did not work in the heat for me. So I knew I had to reevaluate that, and and so. You know, I'm glad I had that race at Keys and I, I kind of fell apart there because I didn't have that same type of, you know, where the wheels fall off the bus at Badwater. I mean, I did have an issue there, but we were able to fix it and overcome it and finish strong. Definitely. Uh, so as you prepare for uh, 2018 Badwater, uh, what, what are you what, what are you doing and what kind of things are you changing? You said so, so some of the things you just mentioned. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, you have a lot of races planned. You're going to run. Um, so, so, so what are your plans? Well, 
I'm planning to go to North Carolina in two weeks and do the uh, Badwater Cape Fear race. It's a they have a 50k and a 50 mile race there, um, and it's partially run through on the island on pavement. Then there's a short trail section, and then there's a nice long beach beach section, which I like. And um, I did that race last year, and it's it's just a nice weekend, and you know you get to see the Badwater family, and that's fun. Um, I don't really have any other races planned before Badwater because this is just a um, crazy kind of year with my family and schedules and we got a lot going on otherwise so I can't really get away um I actually I take that back I do have a race in North Carolina in May called um Quest for the Crest uh one of Sean Blanton's races so um I'm probably going to be going and doing that. It's a 50K, but it's a very difficult, hilly, I've, mountainous 50K. <laughs> I've <laughs> like heard about it. So. The real deal. So, yeah, flat, uh, flat lander like you, you really have to get, get ready for that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, that's something I'm really changing up about my training for Badwater this year is I'm going to do a lot more hill training and because I feel like I was slower on the climbs than I should have been. And I think I can really, you know, make up time there. So I'm really going to devote more time to um, maybe going up to Oak Mountain and, um, you know, doing some weekends there and just really getting in some good, you know, hill hill climb uh, time. And also in June, I think uh, we're going to go over to uh, the levee again in New Orleans and do like a 50 mile 100K on the levee because it's Louisiana is ridiculously hot, hotter than Florida, I think. And, you know, the levee's exposed. And so I think it's perfect training for bad water. So I think that'll be my big, you know, run before going out to Death Valley. Definitely. And if you decide to come to Oak Mountain, Birmingham area, let us know. So Oh, I certainly will. I need, I need somebody Show me around. <laughs> yeah, if you need hills, we we have some secret hills that David tosses hills back. <laughs> good, it's, good. It's not even marked, so we just need to. But definitely, um, so it looks like you you are really getting getting ready for uh, bad water for this year. Kind of, kind of maybe you wanted a little bit better than last time, but as mm-hmm. as as it goes, you know, you want yeah. to know in the race days. So, Chrissy, uh, sounds very interesting. Uh, you, what whatever planning or your calendar ahead? Tell us about uh, what kind of gear. Uh, you use for your training and racing uh, for distance races like Badwater, like a hundred mile or a Key West uh, race that the Key West hundred, correct? That's uh, so. Tell us about mm-hmm. what kind of gear you use, a uh, suit, hydrations, and a lot of a lot of our listener will like to know uh, because as the, as the, as we talk, the spring is coming, and right behind that is summer. So well, um, almost I think I've always run in um, in Hoka. Now I did do most of my trail runs in um, Pearl Izumi, but as you know, they no longer. Make running shoes so I was um, upset when they got out of that business because I love their trail running shoes but for road running I I did run with um, Hoka I think it was the Clifton the old Clifton and um, I used that at Keys and it worked great and when I was training for Badwater in 2016 um, they came out with a new Clifton which I did not like and so I went on eBay eBay, and my crew gave me all kinds of grief for this I was constantly ordering the old Cliftons you know they were used (laughs) but I was like I have to have this particular shoe because it is my shoe. That's what I was running with. Um, now, I did have a stress fracture uh, at mile 120 of Badwater. So, you know, we're not sure if it's because I'm running in these terribly old shoes or what. But anyway, I did um, get rid of all of those and I kind of started fresh after that. I did get into Altrus, which I do like, but I've since gone back to um, Hoka um, for the road. Now use Solomon's, the uh, S-Lab Ultra 
Sense or Sense Ultra uh, for trail and beach. Got it. And it's kind of my new favorite shoe because it goes from pavement to beach to trail, back to pavement with, I mean, I have no problems. And I've never found a shoe like that before where I can go from, you know, one terrain to the next and it's the same. And uh, so I, I'm enjoying that shoe now. And then, um, I usually run with handhelds, you know, just the regular handhelds. Um, and that was a lesson at Badwater. I had these the small Nathan handhelds that had the small mouth uh, on them. And at the time when I got really overheated, I was really just wanting ice chips. And my crew was having all kinds of trouble getting these giant ice cubes into these small mouth bottles. So, <laughs> you know, they're saying all these bad words about me. <laughs> so, this, like, don't do this. Don't bring these bottles back. And I think that was one of the things at the top of the list for the next time, bring wide mouth bottles. So, uh, you know, I, I got some of those. And um, and then, of course, for trail runs, I use a Solomon um, hydration pack that's got the um, pockets, you know, on the side. Or you can put a bladder in, in the back if you want. I wore that for the levee run, and it, it, it worked well. And um, I usually use Tailwind. That's kind of my go-to. But the only time I don't use Tailwind is in the heat. It, that did not work for me at Keys. And I think it's just a personal thing for me because I drink frequently. I, I drink tiny sips frequently and I got way over salted at Keys and um, so that uh, was a lesson for me for Badwater so when I was training for Badwater I knew I had to find another nutrition source and I tried pretty much everything out there and I went with uh, products from Succeed the uh, Clip 2 and Amino and that that worked really well for me and it kept me you know fueled and I felt good I had good energy and uh, you know I will likely use that again definitely uh, sounds like you use a different product one one couple of things i wanted to kind of mention what i use myself i i, I mm-hmm. switch around the shoes uh a lot i'm going from the uh, ultra to uh hoka to uh, columbus montreal now some mm-hmm. of those shoes i wear uh I, one of the thing i would like to mention is i definitely used to be a, just a water bottle just a bottle handheld bottle that's all i did but in the recent year and some of the experience i had so i started going with uh the vest, you know, so I can put stuff, you know, especially when I start falling asleep and I was so hungry and then I have nothing yeah. in the middle of the trail. <laughs> I needed something right away. And then, so last summer I switched to um, more of vest type because it's it's a little hot though, having a vest. It's a little hot at the summer or, you know, mm-hmm. I remember I almost got a heat stroke having a vest, but I think I've learned to use it better now. So, so, so definitely, yeah. so I have a Solomon vest. Uh, 12 pockets and that's a nice vest i i really like that and i actually just got a new one like that that i bought from a friend of mine and she didn't like it and and um i think it's you know for me it's the best one out there i do have a few other ones um i think for cajun coyote i used um a nathan vapor and it, it worked great too um but i've gotten used to the placement of the pockets on the solomon and you know i've got everything just the way i want it where i can put things and i think you know that's why i like that one yeah, definitely, because I can put my, my phone, which is my camera, which is my everything. So. <laughs> you can put it right there in front. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very easy access. So, so definitely, uh, Christy, uh, we talked so much about so many things. Uh, your running experience, running journey, you're about to go bad water again, and all those things uh, you're doing. Before we close this interview, I just wanted you to give... What advice, uh, beyond whatever you said already, to, to all the listeners, uh, go above and beyond and try to train and, and just give, give us a word of advice? I think the most important thing, um, which I found through, through trial and error, is uh, don't compare. Don't compare yourself because ultra running is truly a personal journey and um, you have to find what works for you. And I think it's great to 
take in advice and training options from other people and and apply it and see how it works. But I, you know, I hesitate to compare myself to others because we're so different and we each have different abilities and strengths and, you know, weaknesses. And so um, I try not to do that at all because I know I'm very unique and what works for someone else may not work for me. And so that's my number one piece is I don't compare yourself. And especially if you're when you're at the starting line, just um, trust your training, believe in your training and do your own thing. And, you know, don't worry about what other people are doing. Um you know, trust what you've been doing, you know, realizing a hundred mile races, 50 mile races, 50 K, whatever there's, it's like a roller coaster. There are going to be highs, there's going to be lows. Um, but for every high, there'll be, for every low, there's going to be a high. And so you will come out of it and try many, many foods. I think that's something I didn't do for a long time. And I've just recently gotten better at that is, um, if you're going to run a long race, you need to take everything out there with you on long runs and try it. See what works because like at Badwater, I didn't think, I think we bought a box of oatmeal cream pies, you know, those little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. And I didn't think anyone would eat them. And I ended up eating the entire box because that was the only thing I could eat and keep down. And it worked for me. And um, so, you know, I would definitely uh, suggest, you know, just trying everything out there, get your stomach used to it and, you know, believe in your ability. If you put in the work, you can make it happen. Definitely. Sounds like great word of advice. Uh, Christy, and uh, good luck with your training and everything you do this spring leading up to the Badwater 2018. Looking forward to hearing about it. If anybody wants to follow your journey, uh, can they follow you somewhere or are we just... Um, yeah, I'll be, you know, they'll have the um, spot tracking on the badwater.com website. And of course, I'm on Facebook. So, you know, I'm not on there as much. I'm not very good at it, but I'm going to get better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they will have tracking on the badwater.com website. Great. Uh, thanks for your time. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to you visiting to Birmingham, Birmingham area, run some Oak Mountain, maybe run uh, run for kids at uh, 12-hour event. So. That- that sounds great. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thanks Thank for time. you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Embrons Podcast. Please visit embrons.com to listen to previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels. Please follow Marathon Runs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for recent updates, race photos, discount codes, and more.